It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What in the world was that? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, postcast edition. I'm Zach Blackerby, Daryl Daprich, Montgomery Radio vet, hanging out with us as he does every single postgame show this season. Auburn falls to Ole Miss 28-21, and somehow it felt like that was the right score. And then somehow it feels like Auburn got blown out because of the ineptitude of the offense, Daryl. And there's a million places where we could start to discuss this offense and how far it has to go to be somewhat confident in its ability to move the football and get first downs and score points in the SEC. It has so many different things it needs to fix. But let's go holistic here. Big picture. This is all on Hugh Freeze. This is all on Hugh Freeze in one way or another, whether it's the evaluations that he made in the transfer portal, whether it's the quarterback rotation crap that we continue to see over and over and over again. Look, we saw both of them. It's pretty close. It's pretty even. Just pick one at this point. You're getting paid $6 million a year. Just pick one. I get that it's a tough decision. You've got to pick a quarterback at this point. And then just some procedural stuff. Whereas like how many times, Daryl, was it third and one? <laughs> and then you look up and it's third and six and they don't convert. That's on the head coach, lack of discipline, all of this. Look, Hugh Freeze can still be the guy, Daryl. He can still be the guy. I think he is the guy. But what happened Saturday night was abysmal and I think just a shame, an absolute shame that Auburn people had to watch that unfold. Yeah, I'm going to go big picture here. First of all, the key point that you just made is I still think he's the guy, and I still think even though we're in this age of NIL and transfer portal, which where it should expedite some uh, results on the field, we're still in a situation where other coaches around the SEC, Florida State's coach, it took a couple of years. I think it's it's a shorter window. Uh, because of the NIL and, and transfer portal. But I remember guys being three and four their first years in the SEC and still winning six or seven games. I'm not saying Auburn will. I'm saying Auburn could. So, yeah, I agree that Hugh Freeze is the guy. But there's some things from a mismanagement standpoint to this point in the season. You called it. You were comfortable saying Auburn would be three and four coming out of the first seven games. I thought four and three. It's how we got here. Sure. It's how Auburn looks. In the uh, I, there's no way if someone would have bet me a million dollars that a Hugh Freeze led offense would look worse than a Cadillac Williams led offense on a on a one week preparation. And Zach, I, I'm not exaggerating. That's the truth. Auburn's offense last year against Mississippi State looked better than it did the last three games with nine months of Hugh Freeze. That's unacceptable, and I have no answer as to why that is. I think I think you touched on it, uh, the quarterback situation, the in and out, the in and out, the in and out is killing momentum. And, and we saw we drive. saw bigger chunks, right? Like we saw full drives, which is better. Yeah. It's better than what it was. There's there were situations though 
where Robbie would have a run and make it third and short, and they'd bring Peyton in. And it's like, what are you doing? Well, and then they How bring Peyton in and get sense. And then they have 12 guys on the field, and, and that kills you. It goes to third. That's oh inexcusable. God. Look, when you say it, it, it falls on Hugh Freeze. It does because of which evaluation, transfer port, and, portal. And, tra- and Daryl, even – I'm sorry. And even, even if you – we don't know some of the procedures, right? Like, we don't know who's technically making the call with the quarterbacks. We don't know who's technically calling all of the plays, whatever. A lot of people around me in the stands were yelling to fire Philip Montgomery at halftime, whatever. But if it is all on Philip Montgomery, Hugh Freeze at some point has to step in and say, bro, this is ridiculous. This is not acceptable, the product that you're putting on the field. So uh, I'm just, I, I can hear people saying, well, it's Philip Montgomery's fault. And well, no, sure, but, but Hugh Freeze has to step in and stop the head that. Coach. It stops with yes. the head coach. If you're the head coach and you let Philip Montgomery look that in that, then it's on you. I'm sorry. If you let Philip Montgomery look like a clown, with some of those play calls, and we'll get to some later. And oh you can't you have, you have too many guys in the huddle, th- then that's on you. And look, undisciplined penalties like that are also a reflection upon that. I love Eugene Asante, but yeah. what in the world are you doing? Th- and look, he could have gotten one earlier in the game when he torpedoed the sidelines and just missed a guy on an incomplete pass or the pass that was they tackled him four yards short. Go back and watch the tape. He, he, torpedoed and just missed him out of bounds. That's undisciplined. That's on the head coach. If you're letting Philip Montgomery wear clown shoes when he's calling plays, that's undisciplined. That's on the head coach. Take it away from him. The buck stops with you, bro. Take the play calling away from him then. It's bad. What we saw Saturday night was really, really bad. And it's been a few hours since the game ended. I'm home. I've been reflecting on the drive home. I can't get over. <laughs> I'm getting mad just about bringing it up again. I can't get over the the play call with the double pass to Holden Garner. They had the yeah. nerve to put an arm sleeve on the third string quarterback to make it look like he was a wide receiver to stack him in a, in a, as a receiver in a stack formation on the left side and ver- throw a vertical to him, thinking there'd be enough time in a, in a, in a <laughs> in a series where Auburn has like not allowed its quarterbacks to throw the ball deep with the exception of Robbie throwing it towards the end of the first half, which I was fine with the throw, honestly. But you're not going to let Robbie or Peyton throw it deep, but you're going to be okay with Holden Gurner just launching one. And no disrespect to Holden Gurner, but if you have that respect in Holden Gurner, why isn't he on the field? Cut, let's reset the, the, the situation there, why this is even a bigger travesty. Number one, let's call spade a spade. They should have been running that play from the 25-yard line. The play right before that, they missed an obvious face mask. Okay, that's not why Auburn lost the game. I'm just I'm just spitting facts. That play should have taken place on the 25, not the 40. Okay. You're in second down right there. Throw a screen pass. Throw something short to ensure you get points. In a game where your defense is playing its backside off, points matter. And that would have been 21-17 at that point. I don't I don't remember. Or, yeah, 21-17. It doesn't matter. It's points, and it gives you something positive to come out of that. The double play pass, whatever, the double pass play call, knocked them out of field goal range and completely killed that drive. Horrible play call. And not only that, 
Ole Miss, you could hear it on television, Zach. You were at the game. You couldn't. They were screaming double pass, double pass. I had PTSD. I went back to the days that Gus Malzahn would line up in a formation and the defense would call out the plays. Remember that? I thought we were past all that ish. I really did. I thought, it was, I thought we were done with that crap. And we're not. We run something that obvious. It fails. It gets us out of field goal range. Again, you should have run that play from the 25. Yeah, so you did, so you there's there's the field goal range aspect of it, Daryl. Right. Then there's the, okay, why is Holden being asked to throw the ball, not the two guys in the depth chart in front of him? There's also the angle of, okay, if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you put Robbie out there? Like, exactly. a, 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 we've been waiting for this all. I'm shocked we didn't see it Saturday night, especially when they started to get a little desperate. Like, why... Like, you're telling me there's not a formation where Peyton and Robbie aren't on the field at the same time? Like, you're telling me you're telling me that? I, I just, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. At least then the defense has to look at, at nine over there and say, okay, he's fast. He's electric. Like, we may need to treat him like a wide receiver. Doesn't make sense. Dude. Plus, he, he could have probably... like one of the worst play calls I've ever seen. He's more likely to evade... The tackle, too, right, because of his athleticism. Holden Gurner's a sitting duck there. He's a pocket passer. He doesn't have the athletic. You throw that out to Robbie, yeah. and the pass downfield's not there because they chip Jeremiah Cobb, then Robbie might be able just to take off and run. He's got that option. He could sidestep and, and, and avoid a defender where Holden Gurner was a sitting duck. But, but also play the, play, the play design, like you're telling me that a defender's not going to chip Jeremiah Cobb there? Like – and it, yeah, I mean, he he almost tackled him. I mean, coming out of, I mean, he blocked him coming out of the backfield, and it was a one. There was another route on the backside that was all the way across the field that was open to the other sideline. But, but, but Joe Montana doesn't make that throw. Yeah, I mean, that's a horrible. You can't you can't expect him to make that throw. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, all right, let's talk about um, let's talk about more disappointing stuff in a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the best place to find uh, the best candidates to help your small business grow. Daryl, you use LinkedIn Jobs. You believe in it. You trust it. Um, I believe you said it was a welder that you uh, that you went out and got. got big big get for us. Five star. Five, five star, star welder uh, yeah. through, uh, through LinkedIn Jobs. So be like Daryl. Pick up five star recruits for... Uh, for the positions open in your small business, LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The next step with quarterback. Daryl, I mean, we've talked about this all year, but he's got to pick one. He has to pick one. And I don't care which one it is. I don't care if it's Peyton or Robbie or Holden or Hank Brown. I do not care. You have to pick one at this point. It is your job as a head coach to make tough decisions. You have to make the tough decision. You have to. If you're worried about how it impacts the locker room, you've got other issues and you got to address those too. But at, moving forward, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. It, it's insane. It doesn't make any sense at this point. Especially when Peyton started to like heat up a little bit there, and then during the course of the game, it looked visibly more uh, more effective when Robbie was on the field. So, 
I get the arguments for both. I really, really do. And it's close, Daryl, between those two. Like, it's close. But you got to pick one moving forward. You have to. You have to. Yeah. You have to. Um, You have to. The post-game press conference, he was asked, the the shuffling of quarterbacks in and out, is it killing this offense? And he said, and this is where the lack of self-awareness is surprising to me because I expect more out of Hugh Freeze from this. He's so dang competitive that I cannot believe he's allowing this to happen. Let's put it that way. Yeah. To say it did not affect the outcome of the game is the biggest head-in-the-sand comment I've heard since the Chandler Cox spin-a-rooney handoff was going to work. I don't understand that. I don't understand how you say that. And at least Gus, after that game, I was at that press conference, he talked about, he's like, yeah, we thought it was going to work. Like, at least he kind of addressed it. This one's a little different. I mean, he's he's drawn a line in the sand, and I mean, he must. I think you touched on it. I think he's afraid of losing a faction of the locker room, and he's afraid of either Robbie or Peyton Thorne checking out if he gives one the job to one permanently. So what? I I get it. So what? And I do believe he thinks he said Robbie still helps us in certain packages. Yeah, against group of five teams when it's. First and goal from the five. I mean, it, Robbie had trouble running against Ole Miss. I mean, the, the, he couldn't get outside because their linebackers were so quick. He had a couple nice runs between the tackles. You know, ultimately, if you'd have told me that Auburn's quarterbacks would have been 11 of 17 for 122 yards, a touchdown, and one interception, I, pro- and I probably would have been okay with that, thinking that Auburn would have went for 200 on the ground, and they didn't. They only went for about 153. And to me, that's a big difference in your ball game, especially the way Ole Miss ran it. So from a quarterback, I mean, and a lot of that, let's be honest, was garbage time, Peyton Thorne on that last drive. But they did some things on that last drive that I was just wanting to throw something against the wall and go, why haven't you been doing this all game? Slants, throwing the ball to Fairweather. I, I mean, Ole Miss was trying to keep Auburn from scoring. Lane Kiffin said it. He said, I hate that we gave up a touchdown there. So it still counts. It's still a one-score game. People will, you know, absolutely downplay that and go, "Oh, that that game that should have been." It. Well, no, it's it's a touchdown. They were trying to stop you, and you were trying to score, and you scored. But where was that earlier in the game? Maybe let Thorne play for a couple consecutive series and run that kind of offense and see what would have happened. Now was Ole Miss or let, or let Robbie or let Robbie try it. I don't sure, care. Sure, like yeah. let whoever do it. You know, it's now they could just, have been in prevent, and that's why those slants and those crossing routes were there. I mean, I'll just have to be realistic on that. I don't know, but still, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. I feel so bad for this defense. I feel well, so bad for this defense. I, okay, the let me say this. Certainly there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me say this. I do too, but you set a tone on that first drive by not getting off the field twice when it was third and long. One was third and 17 that Auburn got bailed out on because there was a holding penalty. There is no excuse. I don't care what kind of defense you run. I don't care who you're playing. Third and 22 on a run play is absolutely pathetic. And if they could have walked Ron Roberts out of the press box after that, I would have been fine. Now, to his credit, he settled down in their defense – to hold that old Miss team in the twenties, good job. And they yeah, just I mean, got si- similar to LSU, LSU uh, right? I mean, where uh, okay, yeah. Ole Miss came on and scored real quick. Similar to LSU, LSU got a seventeen real quick. Ole Miss got the fourteen pretty quickly. 
And then after that, they settled down and they did. And then, you know, eventually they just got worn down. Right. And then and still, Ole Miss, even being worn down, only gave up 28. I mean, and really yeah. that first touchdown, you should not have given up. Sorry. Shouldn't have. Right. Now, I don't know how the rest of the game would have played out. That, but how that, big would have those points would have been if you got off the field and made them kick a field goal instead of getting a touchdown on third and 22? That is that again, coaching. That's terrible. Yeah. You call timeout if you have to, if you see them lined up like that, if you're the head coach and go, no, Ron, we're not going to be in this particular defense. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. That set the tone for not me. Not to make an excuse, but that DPI on Nehemiah Pritchett was bogus. It was. It was. And, you know, I mean, I get it. But that wasn't the DPI before the third and 22? It was. I don't know. It, was on, it was on a third down. Yeah. What happened was two bad, the, the announcer said two bad penalties offset each other. Ole Miss's holding call that, kept, that, that you know, basically made the, the, the drive. Um, they didn't get a first down. And then Auburn's pass interference call, which kept the drive alive. But then Auburn gave up third and 22 after that. After the pass interference, they had him third and twenty-two. So, again, I, that you were chasing points from that point in the ball game because your defense can't get off the field third and twenty-two. Credit to them for turning it around and only giving up three more touchdowns. The other, you know, three and a half quarters of football—that's big against Ole Miss. But still, I, that's that is inexcusable to give up a, a third and twenty-two on a running play. Sure. Period. Yeah. Ole Miss was two for 11 on third down. So the third down defense got significantly better. It did. What was Auburn on third down? Because for a while they were over 50%. And then it, and then it second that, half, it that, just, that did not happen. Uh, four, four of 14 on third yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Which is about, you know, the that trend. they missed on seven in a row, third downs. Uh, that sounds right. I mean, yeah. So yeah, they were at one right point, like the game. They were like four of eight, four of seven at one point. You're like, woohoo! And then boom, the bottom dropped out. The path gets easier, right? Moving forward. Well, and this is, it this does. is what we said. You know, with our preseason predictions, I said Auburn's going to lose these four. Then it gets easier, and they'll. I went out until the Iron Bowl, and that could still happen. You look at Mississippi State next week. They beat Arkansas. Maybe they're better than we thought. I think Arkansas is worse than a lot of us thought. Vandy's Vandy. So it's like you can you can win all of those games. You can certainly yeah. win all of those games. And you could lose all but one as well. That's the scary part. Yeah. There's a scenario. This is what well, before we hit record, my strong opinion on this season is going to be defined and graded by the next five games, not the previous seven Auburn just played. Because we kind of knew that was going to be a tough stretch. Now, again, I felt like they were going to be four and three. You felt like they were going to be three and four. So they're right where you thought they were going to be. I just don't think that you thought they're going to look like they do getting there. So this is the first the next, time I, I don't think this team feels like a seven and five team, Daryl. Yeah. And and but the next five games yeah. will define this team, this season, and this coaching staff. Because if you lose, if you go two and three in the next five games and go five and seven this year, you're behind the clock. You're, you're, you're behind your, 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 as far as your, your plan, what you're trying to build, you're behind the eight ball. You're behind, you're not on, on schedule. You're behind schedule. If you win and get to a bowl game, if you win three of the five and get to six wins and go to a bowl game, I think you're on schedule. 
If you were to do something pretty crazy and win four of the last five and be competitive in the Iron Bowl, then I think you'd be put yourself and then win a bowl game with and finish eight and five, then you could be a little bit ahead of schedule. It's all there. That it's going to be defined in the next five games. We're not going to have to guess. We're not going to have to guess. It's going to be there. Yes. Yes. And I think, I mean, I, I agree with that for the most part. There, There is an aspect of like, okay, if this roster like isn't good, like if we're going to blame this on the roster, and tonight we're blaming it more on Coach Freeze, I think, than the roster, but the roster's not good, right? Like the roster's got a long way to go. And I think this roster is going to be totally different next year. Like part of me thinks like, does this even matter? Do the next few games even actually matter? I, I mean, I don't think any of the quarterbacks, with the exception of Hank Brown, are going to be on this roster next year. I think you're going to see a mass exodus in the wide receiver room, and you're going to see a bunch of new guys come in. The offensive line is going to look different. They're going to have to get a bunch of defensive backs because the whole defensive back room is about to go to the NFL. Like, I don't know. Like, does does winning does winning yes. seven games yes. instead of six? Yes. You it think it still matters? It okay. absolutely matters. It absolutely matters in year one. If you and I are sitting at, 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 after the New Mexico State game and we're talking about Auburn being seven and four going into the New Mexico, going into the Alabama game, you don't think that ma- that freaking matters or six and, and five and going, you know, Auburn's got a chance. Yes, it matters. It absolutely matters. It gives, and, and playing in a bowl game matters and giving some of these younger kids an opportunity to get more practices and recruits yeah. to see it. It matters. The whole feeling. Okay. We talked about this last year. This is like deja vu. You said the exact same, and I'm not calling you out. I'm just laying facts. You said the exact same things last year. And then how did you feel after Texas A&M? A new day, hope. Sure. It didn't matter. We weren't going to a bowl, but it was like, yeah, you know, this is, this thing can get turned around. There was yeah, a li- little different scenario, but sure. But I mean, sure. you, winning does make you have a different outlook and have hope. You you string two or three together, and the whole complexion, the whole feel around the program completely changes. Yeah, Trust no, me. I get it. it. I get it. it. Look, so I, the, I want in that to case, it matters. It matters. It Got absolutely it. does. Got it. So one last thing, and I just want to clarify: I want Auburn to win these games. I don't want that phrase the wrong way. Um, Them starting Robbie Ashford at quarterback, does that mean anything? Starting them when when he came out for the first series uh, last Mm -hmm. night, you mean? Yep. I'll tell you what what it meant to me was that it was a futile, kind of feeble attempt to just please the masses. I think it was a, a, a just a for kind of a show throw a, throw a bone at the crowd that's been saying Thorn sucks and I want to see Robbie. So you freeze gave the the people what they wanted on a small sample sample and just you know here you go I'll make you happy enjoy it. But he didn't stay with them, so the substance of it to me had really no meaning. It was it to me it was. Um, a little smoke and mirrors and a little bit just ceremonial. I'm going to throw him out there and, you know, so because people have been calling for it and I'll give you what you want and it's symbolic and that's it. There was no meat to it. It was leave him in there for the next series. And do the we, next series do we like that? Do we like no, that happened? No, I, see, that's placating. 
That's not. If you yeah, think I don't, I don't think your head coach should care. If I that's why so he did either. it, uh, he shouldn't care about that stuff. Did he do it? Then why did he do it? Because he thought starting him one series gave them the best chance to win. Well, uh-huh. then if he did, then leave him in for series two and series three, like you said when yeah. we kicked the show off. If he's good enough to start, then yeah, play, play him I don't as a know. I, quarterback. I, yeah. I, I'm 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 more perplexed at stuff like that, that if I would have said there is absolutely no way the Hugh Freeze I saw coach at Ole Miss and Liberty would do silly stuff like that. And I don't know. I don't I don't know. People get to Auburn losing their minds. People talk about interference and all. I don't buy a lot of that, but you know, he's not I thought he was cutthroat, man. I thought he was like, I don't care what you think. I don't care if you get mad. This is my program. I want to win at all costs, like it or lump it. And he seems to be placating too much. And that, and the other thing too, look, I'm going to just say it. I said it on some discords and on Twitter. I love the kind of recruiter he is. I love it. I love that he's done some things in the transfer portal that looked like it was an impressive transfer portal class. Turned out that it hasn't, but it's not. But you still have to have proof of concept on the field. And this whole him admitting that he's staying with recruits in the recruiting lounge an hour before kickoff, I get it. You got to have the Jimmies and Joes, but you also have to come up with a game plan that allows those Jimmies and Joes to look somewhat competent on the field. Maybe he needs to back off that a little bit and try to get a little balance there and say, okay, I got to go draw up some things and. I got to get, I, I get it. Harson was the complete opposite. It's like we're getting from one extreme to the other. But look, X's and O's are lacking. I, I think we could all admit that it, the, the schemes, the play calling, the ac- yeah. execution, all that's lacking. Does there need to be a little more time spent on that instead of having Alvin Henderson walk into the locker room with you at halftime? I, uh, know. You know, I'm sorry, but I, I think know. we need to. He needs to kind of draw that in a little bit. It's gonna be a long week. We're gonna talk about it every step of the way, and of course, also um, Auburn, Mississippi State, very winnable game. In fact, if you don't win it, I think it's very bad. It's very yes. bad if you lose um, to Mississippi State. So we'll certainly preview that game throughout this week as well, Daryl. I'll be able to check out everything that you have going on. Follow me on Twitter, DAP6410. I'll be talking about this uh, Monday morning at 710 on the Auburn Network and then also Tuesday at 3.30 as well. And then we'll be back with you next Friday, my friend. Yes, and you can read all of uh, my written work at auburndaily.com. Click that subscribe button, like the video, and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.